Jay right in your face. Welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast. This is brought to you by the Ball is Life Podcast Network. I'm your host, Fede. I got my boy, Zade, here with me. Zade, how you doing, man? Good, man. Enjoying some sunshine today. This whole week, actually. Summer's bike. Summer's back. Summer's definitely a good feeling. Summer and NBA playoffs. Uh, it's a pretty good feeling. It's, it's a dope time to, 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 to be out, you know, go outside for a stroll and then come back in the evening to watch some, some NBA basketball. It's not, it's not a bad deal at all. Absolutely, man. And uh, honestly, as, as the Raptors season has come to an end, we're kind of just like, you know, how do we how do we continue to to bring content to people? How do we continue to do this? And obviously, we've had a few players on the show uh, mm-hmm. up to up to now, and yeah. we hope to continue to do that. And actually, that uh, is a good transition because today we have a very special guest in the building. So we have one of uh, the I don't want to say Toronto because I don't think she's from Toronto. This is Saga Zone. But I'm going to say Saga Zone. GTA. GTA's very own. Uh, she has played at Team Canada. She played Team Ontario. She's currently playing D1 basketball in the United States. Welcome, Christina Moore, to the show. Christina, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing very, very well. Firstly, thank you so much for carving some time out for us. I know it's a little hectic right now, and I, we were just talking a little bit off air about your, your schedule, which we'll talk more in depth about, but thank you so much for, for making some time for us. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited for this. <laughs> so, how are uh, before I guess we get to the nitty gritty? How's your off season been so far? I know that I can only imagine this past season has been hectic with COVID, the restrictions. I don't even know what your travel was looking like, but you're probably getting tested a whole lot as well. Like, how, how's your off season been? Uh, are you enjoying not getting tested three times a week, three times a day, however much it was? Yeah, that that was pretty intense. So during the off season at Wake Forest, um, because we're in the off season we only had to get tested once per week but when we were in season we had to get tested like three times a week and it was pretty intensive but um now that we're in the off season it was only one time per week um and we're doing a little bit of individual workouts some team workouts to keep that team aspect there um and then of course lifting and conditioning when we can um but I've been home since May 5th and I've been pretty much sticking to like a more individualized schedule so I'm training three times a week with my trainer like basketball training um and then I have like four times a week lift two times a week conditioning and then um yeah that's pretty much what I'm sticking to while I'm home that's insane so we were kind of joking a little bit about it off air but like how do you find the time to focus on you or do things that aren't so much about basketball and the sport yeah you honestly like well at least for me because like I I have the type of personality where I just want to like keep going keep pushing but I kind of have to like schedule in time where I can just like, you know, like just relax. Like you need to recover, you need to recuperate. So I definitely like schedule it in almost. And I'm a huge planner. So I have like lists of everything I need to do every day from like training to like everything else. So that's pretty much how I set it up every day. How's it being, how's it been being back home now? Obviously it's a different feel from the States. The States is Mm -hmm. much more open compared to where we are. So how does it feel to be back home? Uh, how do you kill your time when you're not training? Yeah, it, it's a little different, to be honest. Um, I got vaccinated in North Carolina, so um, pretty much everything's opened up in North Carolina. And of course, here we're on a stay at home order. Nothing's yeah. really open. So it is like a different vibe. But I honestly like it because it really helps me like just stay focused on like what I need to get done with like training. And then I'm going to be in summer school next week. So I probably won't have that much time to do much. So 
I mean, I don't mind it, but I hope that Ontario kind of gets out of this soon. <laughs> oh, we've all been hoping for it. Don't we've worry. been praying for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did you start playing basketball? At what age? What got you into it? Did you have to get family member who, you know, give you a ball and said, go ahead, go, go crazy? Or how did, you know, what made you start playing basketball? Uh, yeah, so I actually started playing when I was just seven years old. And um, I played on Etobicoke Thunder, which is like a house league program. And my dad was one of the coaches. Um, oh, and actually, wow. like, yeah, when I first started playing, my dad would always be, well, I'd be always too scared to, like, make contact and actually, like, drive to the rim. And I just, like, keep the ball on top of my head and, like, not move. So I have, like, these vivid memories of my dad just telling me, like, just, like, do it, just drive, just score. And every time I do it, I would end up scoring. So, like, I don't know. I think my dad really got me into basketball and, like, got me motivated to, like, keep pushing and keep improving from there. How was it to have your dad as your coach? Did he stop coaching after house league or did he keep on coaching you all throughout? Uh, no, he, he pretty much stopped after house league. He might've coached me a little bit in my rep league, but um, yeah, it was, it was really special to me because like to have someone that's actually related to you, like invest time and energy into you and, you know, just motivate you. And he, he really helped me just like believe in myself and have confidence that I am a good player and I can improve and, he helped me set like many like short-term goals that I could yeah. kind of attain. So he definitely played a big role of where I am now. Christina, you mentioned something a little earlier earlier in your answer that I wanted to, to ask you about, but you said you were scared to drive in and make contact. So you would kind of keep the, keep the ball above your head. Now, were you always taller than your peers? Uh, were you taller than your age group? Was that always a thing for you or did that sort of develop later on? Yeah. So Definitely, I was always the tallest in my classes, <laughs> tallest everywhere I went. So I think like a big thing was that basketball kind of gave me that sense of confidence at a young age. So since I was always the tallest, and like felt a little out of place at times. So yeah. I, I pretty much felt like I fit in because, of course, more people were tall. So, um, yeah, definitely one of the tallest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, did you play any other sports when you were growing up or is it just basketball from day one and that was your, your one love? Um, so I did like play a little bit of soccer house league, but, um, it was pretty much basketball from the jump. Like I've always loved it and had a huge passion for basketball at such a young age. And again, like I told you about the confidence, it, it gave me a lot of confidence at a young age. So definitely basketball was the only one. <laughs> so when you transitioned over from, you know, house league to more competitive, uh, basketball, obviously public thing, uh, and rep leagues, uh, for, and for travel teams, when was it, when was the moment that you realized, you know, I'm actually pretty good at this sport. I'm actually much better than maybe the majority of the girls that I'm playing with. So <laughs> at what moment did that, you know, like click for you? Okay. So like my mom and dad, on the other hand, they've always said like, like from the moment you stepped on the court, like I knew you'd take this sport to the next level just because like I had like this like competitive nature of me, but personally, I think that um, I thought I could take basketball to the next level when I started playing rep on Oakville Venom so outside when I um came out of house league just because people would always be like like oh like how'd you even make that shot with your left hand or like why are you so good with your left hand like you're right-handed and like it kind of makes me think like oh like maybe I actually have like huge potential in this sport and maybe I can take my game to the next level so I think that really helped me like put it in perspective and then start making like long-term goals for myself and like my future in basketball. At what age did you start playing for the for the Venom? Uh, age 12. 
It's so, okay. So very, very young. You you do kind of right. Very young. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm better than these girls. I can use my left. I can do a lot more than these girls can. <laughs> uh, I also want to just, uh, go back to something. Um, you said you were using the tallest one out of uh, the girls on the court. Did they, or did you find that coaches would maybe make you play a certain type of way, maybe more inside game? And if they did, how did you try to not be limited to just playing that inside game, give me the ball, lay up, that's it. Like, how did you kind of develop a more overall game? Yeah, I think, honestly, I didn't start to expand my game until college, if I'm being real honest. I think that um, because I was so tall, um, I was always put on the block, told to do a yeah. drop step and just finish over people, not even take a dribble, to be honest. Like, I remember getting in trouble if I took dribbles. So um, I think, like, as soon as I came to college, I realized there were so many other, like, talented, strong, athletic, tall athletes that I had to compete with. And um, that put it in perspective that, okay, I really need to expand my game if I want to take my game to the next level yeah. and play professional basketball or play on an Olympic team. So I think, like, when I went to college, I started – really like working on my face-up game or my my jump shot and I've been working on my trail three so things like that came a little on college level I think yeah that's a good point because I feel like also I don't know if this is true but this is just you know my experience being around uh, Canadian basketball to the extent that I have I don't want to say I'm, I'm an expert by any means but it seems like it's way more traditional than the all five positions are fluid like they, they have the center that does center things and they have the point guard that does point guard things and everyone's got very distinct roles. Whereas obviously now in college, you see it obviously on the NBA stage, on the professional stage, but even in the WNBA, these girls are doing everything on the court. It's not just the center coming down back to the basket. They can shoot threes, they can shoot the mid range and they can take it up. So that's a good point. Now I got a chance to watch Christina play basketball. And I think, I think she was around 15, 16, grade 10, grade 11. And it was one. It was one game. It wasn't crazy. I walked out, and I looked at my sister, who was on the team at the time, and I said, "Yo, that girl has impeccable footwork." That was the one thing that <laughs> stood out to me. Was the it was so polished at such a young age. So I want to ask you, and I've been lying to ask you, but <laughs> how much work went into that, into becoming that, right? into developing that? And do you pride yourself on your footwork? Is that something that? you focus on and work on a lot because that that was one thing that really stood out to me. I'm not gonna lie I feel like the footwork came pretty natural to me because now I think about it I never like went into the gym saying like oh like I need to work on this that and the other I think that over time like I was pretty like I guess naturally talented with like my footwork and like other people have told that to me too like wow like how do you do like your shimmy or up and under so well and I think it just like comes naturally to me over time but definitely like the little skills I've kind of learned over time have led up to that. But I think like naturally I also had that skill there. So yeah. Yeah. no, it was definitely, it was loud and clear. Like for sure. One of the things that really stood out, um, you said that you started playing for the Venom around 12 years old. When yes. did team Ontario start coming about? When did that become a real thing for you? Was it right away or was that something that you saw come a couple years into your time with Oakville? Yeah, so I think like a couple years into my time with Oakville Venom, I started to like um, think about Team Ontario. So I decided to go to the open tryouts. Um, and the first time I tried out, actually, the first time I tried out was age 12. So it was right when I started playing rep. And I ended up making the development Team Ontario. So that was like, wow, like that was my first experience with like recruitment tournaments. And, and like, I just love the competition I was getting in the state. So that was huge for me. And I decided to try out again um, when I was 14. 
and I made the U15 team. Um, and then I also played on the U17 team twice. We went to nationals, then went to Canada Games. So, yeah, I've definitely had like a good amount of experience on Team Ontario. Talk about those experiences in those tournaments and then going against um, other athletes from other provinces. What are the trips like, even from a social aspect? And do you see these these athletes down the road in college? And are you playing against them in college um, as you go on through your college career? Yeah, there's there's definitely a good amount of college players who played on provincial teams. Um, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are a good amount. Um, but yeah, like I think like Team Ontario was just like a really different experience for me because like it was my first like true experience with like playing for something more than myself, almost like playing for my province. Like there's like a different like sense of like pride and accountability. And like I think that was like a big thing for me at that age. And I was like, okay, like I can really take this to the next level. So, yeah. But, yeah, like you said, there, there are a good amount of um, players that played in the provincial games that who do go on to play at the collegiate level. So you, you bring up a very interesting point because you say, you know, I went to the open trial for provincial and then there was that feeling, you know, it's a different accountability, different pride level. Um, now you took it a step further and you played on the country level. Okay, so... Now we're talking not just Team Ontario. Now you're the best of the best in the country. Before we get into all of that, I just want to hear from you. Like you talked about the the feeling when you got that you got when you played for Ontario. What was it like putting on the Canadian jersey and playing for the country? So yeah, I would say Team Ontario was like a little hint of what I felt on Team Canada. Just because, like, honestly, the experiences that I experienced on Team Canada are just so uncomparable and like almost surreal. Just because, like again you're like playing for something larger than yourself and like I just I have like these memories of like us standing in line for like the national anthem and we would like all like tear up and get like shaky just because like it really is like a feeling of like huge pride in that moment and like yeah I think it was just a really good experience for me and like of course I want to like play on the Olympic team so hopefully like I'll get to do that again. <laughs> so yeah, I know you won a few medals playing for Team Ontario and playing for Team Canada um most of you won the silver medal with the U18 team and in the FIBA Americas tournament, and you're named uh, to the all-star five group uh, for that tournament. What do you think it is, you know, about yourself or even about the environment or about your team that, you know, allows yourself and Canada basketball to kind of to, to excel at the international stage? Well, I think like, okay, so personally, I think like that like competitiveness and like fiery competitive drive, I think got me to that level. Just like my parents would always say, like, I'd always just like want to be the best or like get 1% better every day. Or like I'd make like these little like daily goals for myself and like achieve them. And I think they added up over time. And like that's kind of what kept me on path for this. Um, but as a team, I would say what makes Canada basketball so special is we have a lot of like hybrid players. Um, so we have a lot of players who are like tall, athletic, can play like multiple positions. And of course, we know like the game is changing towards that. There's no... Yeah there's not really a six, six back to the basket center who can't run or like, you know, like a five, one speedy point guard. I think you have to be a little bit of everything. And I think Canada basketball really demonstrates that. Okay. Sorry, my fault. Um, I want to talk to you about the competition level of playing on the international stage versus provincial versus even playing at Oakville and then now obviously being in college, like you got a chance when you were growing up to compete against Canadians, to compete against, you know, Ontario, Canada's best, even locally that, but then 
you're now playing D1 basketball in college. What was that transition like for you? And are you accustomed to it now? Or is it still like, uh, like you got to be on your A game every single time you touch that court? You definitely have to be on your A game every single time you touch that court. <laughs> like, um, I think it was a little bit of an adjustment for me just because literally everyone you play is going to have some type of, like everyone got recruited for a reason. So, you know, there's going to be those crazy athletes or there's going to be those really strong players or those six, 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 seven players. So, um, yeah, like I think that you always have to be on your A game. You always have to be ready and you kind of have to like play your matchups. I find like when I would go into a Kings game in high school, I kind of just play my own game and, you know, work off of that. But I think that, um, you know, with the amount of scout we do at the college level, like, you really have to go into every game with a game plan of how you're going to play them and how you're going to score on them because how I score on a 6-6 lean, um, you know, shot blocker is going to be different than a 6-2 strong beast in the post. So, like, I kind of have to scout who I'm playing and kind of go off of that. So I think that was a big adjustment for me. Yeah, you brought up Kings, and I want to actually ask a follow-up question on that because Kings is a prep program, or I don't know if it's those, but when you were there, at least it was forming into a prep program and, and to anyone who doesn't know, prep, prep is very demanding. Like you're you're traveling, you're practicing a lot, you're competing against the best of the best, but you're also a full-time student. And Kings academically is not a walk in the park by any means, I'm sure you know, having attended the school. So talk to us about the balance that you developed there and did that help you moving forward into um, Wake Forest and what your schedule is now? Yeah, I would definitely say that it was a huge commitment for me. Like Kings really pushes you to thrive, like both academically and athletically and won't really let you get behind on one aspect of that Um, since they are a pretty prestigious academic school and they are a prep school. So I think it was a huge commitment. But in the end, it really helped me in college because um, it really taught me how to like manage time between classes, like what I was using those t- that time for, like when to do homework, when, um, you know, working it out with tournament schedules. So I think all those little things that I, that Kings really pushed me to do helped me in college. And I was able to use those time management and planning skills like in college on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. So when did the interest from the D1 school start coming in? Was it when you played at Kings? Was it Team Ontario uh, that exposed you to it? When, when did that interest start coming in? What was that like just to, you know, you know, maybe your coach whispers in your ear saying, oh, there's a scout from this school in the, in the stands. What's the mindset <laughs> going into the game where people are watching you and they're here for you? Right, yeah. I think during my freshman year of high school, I started to receive, like, a couple letters of interest. So that's when I was like, oh, like, I can actually, you know, do this thing. So, uh, and then sophomore year is when the interest really started to pick up and there would be, like, college coaches at my games um it it was it was really exciting to me but also became really real because I had to like you know go into games with that mindset I got to impress this coach right (laughs) and then um yeah I think this is when I started to consider like okay what is most important to me what kind of university could I see myself at what kind of things do I value in a university so that really helped me like narrow down my focus when considering all the different schools that had interest in me so what were the, the schools that, you know, were, were up for debate? What were the schools that you were interested in and the, maybe the ones that you visited as well? Yeah, so I actually didn't do any, uh, like, formally official okay. visits. I did three unofficials. Uh, so I went to Wake Forest, Purdue, and Iowa State. Um, just because um, when you're on an unofficial, you can actually, like, see the teams play in their season. So I wanted to see, like, how the coach interacts with their players, how the players interact on the floor. So that was really important to me. Um, but... 
yeah I think all my unofficial visits were like really amazing people were super nice and like all the tours like gave me all the information I needed but in the end I just like Wake Forest is the best one for me was what it one of sorry what, what did you see uh in Wake Forest and if you didn't see from those other two schools or the, from the other school what was it that really you know captivated you that enough to go yeah there was a lot of things but I think like the main thing would be that like that really good balance between athletics and academics because it's hard to find because there's a lot of schools that are really good athletically or really good academically but I think there was like a really good balance since like Wake Forest is in the ACC which is arguably one of the top five conferences in the NCAA and I think the ACC really suited me well too because it's a good mix of like being athletic but also being strong so I think that's like a pretty good conference for me to play in. Yeah. Now I hate to, to rewind, but I wanted to ask you something about that process of like coaches are coming, scouts are coming and you know, before, beforehand that this is happening. Now, what kind of pressure is that on a 16, 17 year old um, to have to be on their best performance? Now everyone knows with sports, with anything in life, you're going to have off nights. Um, but now you're being asked at 16, 17 to essentially not have off nights. In fact, you're, you're actually asked to have, superior nights so what kind of pressure is that like and, and how did you personally handle them yeah I'm not gonna lie it wasn't super easy because like I am like I have a kind of perfectionist mindset so like whenever I'd have a bad game I'd really like be like okay like you know I'd start thinking about things so I kind of had to like get over that and just say to myself like listen I'm gonna give my 100% this game you know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna think through all the the different options I can do in this game and just do the best I can and like in the end that's that's that and whatever happens happens so I think I went into games like that and also I would say that my parents really helped me along the way because they kind of guided me and said okay like you really need to sit down and think about what kind of things are important to you in a school um you know and just kind of narrow down that focus for me so they helped me and guided me along the way so what was it for you then when you were deciding like because you said you wanted to go and watch the coach interact with players so like well, was there a list is there it's just things that you look for or prefer as a player when you're making those decisions? Yeah, the, I definitely made a list. So the first one, like I already kind of spoke on, was the thing about the balance between athletics and academics. And I would also say, like, environment on campus and around the team is huge for me. Like, I think Wake Forest just had a really friendly and, like, welcoming, close-in environment when I visited. And, you know, people I didn't even know were saying hi to me. So it really shows that everyone knows everyone and, like, it's a really small kind of um, college. So the professors know their students, you know, all the students know each other. And I really like that close environment. So that was big for me. And I'd also say the facilities, um, like how good the facilities are. So I would say Wake Forest is like top tier facilities and they just renovated their weight room and we can use it whenever we have full access. So that was big too, to be able to get in the gym whenever I wanted. So those are like the top three things I look for in a school, I'd say. So you finally get to Wake Forest and it's a change of scenery. You're, you're not at home anymore. You're, you're on your own, essentially. Talk about the transition personally and as well, the transition as a player. You're, you're used to uh, being maybe the, the most dominant person on your team. The, the team runs through you you're in, your, in your senior year in high school, whether it's rep or high school ball. And then you're a freshman in college now. you got to earn your stripe at this point. You got to prove yourself at this point. You got to fight for minutes at this point. How is that transition? And what's that like? Yeah, the the biggest thing that got me through that would I literally had to write on my room like trust the process because 
like you said, every, every single practice, every single interaction with your coach or your teammates, you really had to prove yourself and establish your position on the team because you are starting from point zero and you have to work up to that spot over time. So I think I went in with the mentality, like, listen, this isn't going to happen overnight. I need to really just like trust the process, get 1% better every day, prove this to my coaches, get in, you know, extra time in the gym or extra time doing film. And I did all those little things. And, you know, by sophomore year, I was starting. So it worked out for me in the end. Yeah, you mentioned by sophomore year, you were starting and your junior year, you started all 25 games this year. That's quite the jump. I mean, let's talk about going from where you were as a freshman to now as a junior and eventually as a senior. Like what's what's been the key like for you to continue to build a bigger role year over year? Right. Yeah, I think going from my senior year or sorry, my sophomore year to my junior season, I think I came in with like really specific goals of becoming like lean, athletic and versatile because I knew I had that like back to the basket post moves, but I wanted to really expand my game out. So, um, well, first I worked on like my nutrition. So I started eating like super clean and like becoming very cognizant of like the types of foods I was using to fuel myself. And I ended up losing a good amount of weight this year. And I feel like so much lighter and like more explosive on the floor. Um, and that like allowed me to use like my jump shot or mid range face up more often. And I think that's kind of the mentality I had coming into my junior year is to like, you know, become more versatile and add like a couple counters to my game, like the shimmy or up and under. So I just yeah. have like more options in the post. Now I, I have a question for like to ask you about that because it's, I always think it's so funny when not funny, but ironic when somebody who's competing at such a high level says I lost so much weight this year. And I, and I, you know, do like, I feel so much better and it actually helps my game. And one thing to, to point out is who's the front runner for the NBA this year, Jokic. Nikola Jokic. And what was his biggest thing is he trimmed down. I think he dropped like 25, 30 pounds. And he talks continuously about the dietary changes that another guy that's made a huge dietary change is a Wake Forest alumni, Mr. Chris Paul. Right. Yeah. Well, that's another one. Right. And, he, and, and you see like these pros. So I want to ask you like, do you actually feel it in your movements in your everyday like do you actually feel the weight loss like or the that you that you actually trim down or how a goal that you reach and does it actually affect your game that much or is that more just like a head uh 100 like i think i can definitely feel it when i play um so yeah i would say that it you do have to adjust your game a little and i think it took me some time to realize like wait like i'm actually like faster than i was i can run for longer so I, I really had to like expand my game out and work on those face up moves. And I think that allowed me to add to my game. Um, but you also do feel like you have to use your body in different ways because you don't, you can't rely on that extra weight to just like pound into someone. So I think you do have to be like more finesse with your, with your skills. And I think that's what allowed me to add to my game. And I do think I ended up scoring differently this year. Betty, you mentioned, you know, Wake Forest, uh, Wake Forest alumni. So I wanted to ask you, are there any Wake Forest alumni that come back to the school, uh, ones that have played uh, for the basketball teams and played professionally? Are there any that you've met personally and that you've got to work with? Yeah, I actually met Dierica. Um, she she came. I don't I don't know when she came by, but she did come by. Um, and a lot of alumni come by just to like catch up or give speeches or talk to the team. And I think that's really special because it shows that like Wake Forest is like a super close knit and tight environment and like people who have graduated do come back and, you know, talk to the players and help them through things that they went through, which is pretty special about Wake Forest. 
It was a big week at Wake Forest last week. Yeah. It's Timmy D. Timmy D. Another Hall of Fame. Did Wake Forest have anything for that at all? Did they acknowledge that or, or do anything special for Tim Duncan for that ceremony? Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure they would have, but I was back at home, so I didn't uh, see what was going on. <laughs> is, you, is Coach Odin still the men's coach currently, or did he retire? Sorry, can you say that again? Uh, the, like Tim Duncan's coach when he was oh, at no. Wake Forest. Yeah, so Coach Forbes is the new head coach, and okay. they pretty much had like a rebuilding year because they had a lot of new players. So they had a okay, new coach, okay. new players. So yeah, pretty pretty new squad. <laughs> pretty new squad. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just uh, sorry for the for the sidebar right there. Just <laughs> just thought about that. It'd probably be interesting. Uh, so honestly, some of the, one of the best things I like about you know your story and, and honestly just reading uh, from your bio online, I love that every year you took another step. And I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of you know, young players especially, they get really frustrated when they don't get to take that step in a given year. If it's not this year, it's going to be never. Or they don't want to wait that one year to, to get some experience under, under the belt, to train more. Um, but your story is a lot different. You know, you come in as a, as a, as a freshman, uh, you play in 21 games. And then as a sophomore, you play in 32 games, you make 19 starts. This year, you start all 25 games. You know, just talk to us about, you know, the level of consistency you have to have in order to improve. And how does that relationship with your coach grow as you start to play more and as, as they start to trust you more? Do, do they tell you, you know, hey, listen, Christina, you're going to get a lot more touches this year, a lot more touches today. Or how does that relationship start to evolve? Yeah, I think it's definitely like a work in progress. Like I was saying before, like you really start at point zero and then, you really have to build that relationship with not only your coaches, but your teammates. And you have to prove to everyone that, you know, you are willing, you can score and you're capable of like playing big minutes. So I think like what was big for me was, like you said, the consistency. I just remind myself that 1% better every day. And I give myself like a short-term goal to improve on every single day, whether that's like, you know, using my right hand better or becoming more explosive off the bounce or something like that. So I think like little goals really helped me and um, just like staying persistent and like not getting too discouraged if, you know, you don't play one game or you don't play good one game, like, you know, because in the end there's a lot of games that add up and, you know, it's, you need to have more good games than bad games. So you're going to have some bad games. And I, I kind of had to remind myself of that a couple of times. Now I want to ask you, so every time we, like I, you know, we interview a player or I listen to an inter a player interview, this is always a question that always comes to my mind. So I want to ask you, when you were growing up playing basketball, you were obviously the best player on your team, if not top three, every single year that you played, including up until grade 12. And I mean, the, the fact of the matter is not every single person on a, on a prep team can play college basketball. So if you do, you're obviously the best player on that team. So you get to college and in your freshman year, you didn't really start. You were, I think, it was just obviously not where you are now, but it was quite the transition from what you were accustomed to. So was that a big, would you say a reality check? Was it a humbling experience? And what was that like for you to go from being Christina Mora, like this is Christina, she plays every minute on the court to you got to earn your stripes and you're probably playing on the best team of your life. Like you've never had this many great teammates. I could be wrong. Please correct me if I am, but 
<laughs> do you do you understand the point I'm trying to make or the question I'm trying to ask? Yeah, I think it definitely was a reality check for me because you know, like ever since I played in house league, I've been like one of the top players on my team, and there hasn't really been a question about that. Like people kind of just knew coming to the gym, oh, like they knew who the best players on the team were on every single rep team or every single prep team. So I think like it definitely was a reality check because I realized that I did have to like prove myself a little bit, but I think it honestly helped me become where I am today because I had to play with a chip on my shoulder. And I would say all through freshman year and like the beginning of sophomore year, I played with a chip on my shoulder and I really tried to prove it to everyone around me that like I was capable of playing at this level and succeeding at this level. And it took a lot of hard work, but I think like those little kind of setbacks actually helped me in the end. Do you set like, uh, do your goals for yourself change every single year? Like when you first started basketball, was D1 college always a goal or was that something that as you progressed, you set new goals? And like, even now, would you say that you're constantly setting new goals for yourself? Yeah. So I think like my first two big goals were to play on the Canadian national team and then to play division one basketball. But like, of course you need new goals as you go along. Mm -hmm. So I think like, um, I've created like smaller short-term goals. Um, so yeah, but my, my long-term goals right now would be to play on the Olympic, uh, team Canada. And then I also want to play professional basketball, preferably in like the Euro league or something. So those are my two bigger goals, but I do have like short-term goals that I'm trying to attain for next year. So let's talk about your season this season. Um, how do you feel that you performed, you know, personally and how do you feel that, uh, you perform as a team where they're um certain goals that you guys maybe didn't meet this year that you're looking forward to you know trying to achieve next year and you know just kind of give an overall um you know insight on how your season went this year yeah um so I definitely think that I improved from last year in regards to like becoming more versatile and athletic and expanding my game out I definitely think I used more face-up moves up and unders spin shimmies um and I also like incorporated my mid-range jump shot. So I think I definitely improved in that regard. Um, as a team, I think we took a huge step this year. We made the NCAA tournament since like, I forget when, I think it was 1988. So I think we beat like an NCAA really? record of that. <laughs> Thank you. But um, yeah, so our team took a huge step. And I think like there was just a lot of like resilience and determination to get there. And we all just knew like the end goal. Um, but I think next year, a big goal for us would be to actually like make a run in the NCAA tournament and not get out in the first round. And I think we're like totally capable of doing that. What, 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 what's that, um, that, that tournament experience like, uh, explain, you know, just, I guess, the, I mean, obviously the vibe is a bit different this year. It's not yeah. the tournament <laughs> season, but, uh, explain the vibe, explain what it's like to play, explain you know, the emotions even you have as a player playing in your first tournament game. Honestly, like we all got chills when we stepped on the court just because it was something so new to us. And like I said, like we haven't done this since 1988. So, of course, like Wake Forest was talking about it a lot. And there was just a lot like a, a huge sense of pride and a lot of emotions came with that. But I think like about five minutes into the game, like our jitters really calmed down and we could just like play our game and run our sets. But yeah, it was a really special experience for us. I mean, your career high is 19, and you had 18 in the first game. Yeah. Talk about being ready to play. Like, that's that's crazy. What was what was your mindset? Like, I know you just discussed, like, you know, the jitters come down. But, I mean, you, you were one point shy of your career high. I would have never believed jitters were even in the question. Like, what was your <laughs> mindset like going into that game? 
Yeah, so I was actually playing Natasha Mack. So she, she, I think she got all defensive player of the year in the NCAA or something like that. So like I had a really, really big goal of just like, you know, doing well against her and showing that I am capable of scoring over like the number one shot blocker in the lead. So I think that was big for me and that I kind of played with a chip on my shoulder and said, okay, like this is a challenge for me that I can totally conquer. And that's kind of what fueled me going into that game. That's awesome. So now going into your senior year, your last year at Wake Forest, what's your mindset? How do you approach your senior year? Uh, what's something you're looking forward to, you know, finally getting to do uh, in your senior year? So you know, for you personally, what's that approach like? Yeah, I think this offseason this off season is honestly like the most important offseason for me since next summer I want to be playing pro. Um, so my goal is to get like a little bit better every day and like set those little goals. Um, so I think like I'm really focusing in on like on court training, like adding to my face up game, driving from the perimeter, shooting the trail three. So kind of expanding my game out. And I think another aspect I'm working on is like my lifting program. So I'm lifting four times a week to push weight and get stronger and more athletic for the upcoming season. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a really good opportunity for me to like show that I do have like more potential and more room for growth and I can do even better next year and beat those goals. Um, but yeah, I think I just really have to get physically and mentally ready for like my professional career after college too. So yeah. You are showing no signs of slowing down. Usually um, sometimes last players like, are you considering coaching? No, I'm just, just <laughs> kind of play pro. Like I want to hear from you, like what do you think it's going to take for you? Cause now you've seen what it, what it takes to, progress yourself on a college level what do you think you'll have to do um to to get that that dream that you want to go pro do you think it's just more of the same or are you gonna have to step it up a little bit to to get what you want to go pro eventually play in Europe I think I'm definitely gonna have to step it up like I think um just the level you have to play at to play pro is just way beyond the collegiate level and like uh, like I said coming from high school to the collegiate level was a huge jump and I think collegiate to uh, professionally will be a big jump too and I want to play in the EuroLeague too which is one of like the better professional leagues so um, I think it's going to take a whole different mindset and I'm really going to have to like go in there and like you know have some really clear-cut goals for myself and I think like if I become more stronger more athletic and I just work on expanding my game out, getting that trail three in my game. I think I'll be capable of achieving that goal. So what's the process kind of looking ahead, not just from a basketball standpoint, but from, you know, making or making connections and making relationships with people who, uh, you know, scout for these year league teams and who may play for those year league teams. Do you have anybody that you know that maybe you lean on that already plays professionally that could give you some sort of insight and, how do you start to create those relationships, especially heading into your senior year and kind of let them know like, hey, you know, one more year and I'm ready to go. How do you kind of communicate that with those teams? Yeah, so I personally can't communicate with agents right now. Um, you have to wait until you're at the end of your senior season. So I can't technically communicate with them, but I do want to form bonds and relationships with people who have played pro. Um, so I think like someone I look up to, I don't necessarily have a relationship with, but is Natalia Chanwa. So I just love her game and I love what she's done um, in basketball. So I kind of follow her footsteps of what she does and where she goes to play pro. And I've been looking up to her in that regard. Um, so yeah, I've just been really looking at where people play and, you know, how they fit into the programs. And that's kind of how I'm tracking that. 
I saw it in my research, I found that you have a brother who's also playing prep right now. Is that true? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. So are you, I know you're still cooking him because I'm seeing <laughs> right, he's 6'2", you're 6'2", so there's not much height advantage there. Are you still letting him know who the older sibling is? Oh, he definitely knows who the older <laughs> sibling is. <laughs> he will not beat me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Well, good luck to him. And, and honestly, Christina, good luck to you. And we, we can't wait to see. Well, look. You have to promise to come back on the show when you're in the early. That way we yes. can, you know, get a different perspective <laughs> on whatever country you end up living in and, and balling out in. But uh, thank you again so much for joining the show. It was, it was a pleasure to talk it up with you, learn a little bit about your story. Uh, we wish you all the best heading into your senior year. We, you're definitely going to get 20 this year, no question. Within yeah. the first five games, you heard it here first. <laughs> Within the first five games, Christina. Well, I feel it. I feel it. Oh, yeah. It's coming. We're, we're definitely going <laughs> to keep an eye out wait for it to happen that's for sure absolutely well with that being said thank you so much and we'll give you back to us but christina thank you so much for your time thank you